Welcome to Creative Photography, a podcast all about the creative side of photography. This is Daniel Sig. In today's episode, I will have a conversation with Adrian Ware. Adrian is an Australian street and documentary photographer living in Melbourne. His work has been recognized internationally. Thanks to Sencaster for sponsoring my podcast. Sencaster is a browser-based podcast production application that records each person locally, then uploads the top quality audio files right into the application. I have been using Sencaster to record all my podcast interviews from day zero of Create Photography and love its ease of use for myself, but also for my guests. Today's episode with Adrian has been recorded with Sencaster as well. If you're interested to start your own podcast, go to sendcaster.com and check it out. Please use Create Photography in one word as a discount code on sendcaster.com for a 30% discount for their pro plan. You can find more information about Sendcaster in the show notes. Adrian, thanks so much for being on Create Photography. I'm really excited to talk to you today. Not a problem. Thank you for inviting me to join you. Wonderful. So Adrian, let's start with your journey um, into photography, your photography journey overall. And maybe uh, I did read actually that you started uh, in photography around 2016. Could you maybe tell me a little bit more about that time and what inspired you to pursue photography? Uh, my journey is probably almost a two-part story. Um, and the first part of the story probably goes back 30 years, and that is my wife is a very enthusiastic amateur photographer. And so I, when we used to go out and we used to do a lot of bushwalking and the like, I used to be basically the donkey carrying all her gear um, <laughs> as she was setting up. And I never had a huge amount of interest in it myself. I used to just, like I said, be the donkey, carry, sit back and observe. Go forward many years now, she said, to 2016, and I'm a cyclist and cycling is my big passion. And um, in 2016, I had every cyclist's worst nightmare and I was hit by a car and oh. I suffered quite severe injuries as part of that. And within that, um, I couldn't ride for quite a while. And I'm not a person who sits on the couch um, idle. I like to be active. And so... Um, I love to travel as part of that little bit of backstory there. And so mm -hmm. when I travel, I, I love culture and people. And so I've done a little bit of photography on travel, but never when I got home. And after this accident, I sort of took my wife's camera out and said, let's see how we go. And what I discovered is I love photographing people on the street, looking at life, observing life not the landscapes and seascapes that my wife had been doing. And that passion mm -hmm. grew very quickly from there once I discovered what I enjoyed photographing. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, thanks for, thanks for that, for the backstory. That, that's, that's very interesting. So, so I understand, you know, you're, you're doing, you love to do street, maybe slash documentary photography. Um, you, you photograph while you're traveling as well. So, so let's talk about the, street photography a little bit more when you are 
you know, walking the streets and do you just have the camera always with you or do you actually deliberately go out and, you know, just with the intention to say, well, you know, today I'm, I'm going to photograph on the streets? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I deliberately go out with the camera with the intention okay. to photograph on the streets. I, um, okay. I, I ride to work most days and... Um, so don't really have the opportunity to do street photography when I'm riding to work. So once a week, I deliberately uh, catch public transport to work and then after work, spend time in the city afterwards with the camera to do some photography. And once a month on a weekend, a Saturday or Sunday, I'll make the time also to go in and do street photography. Mm. Okay. So your images show a a strong sense of composition. I often I see interesting geometries formed by light and shadows, by architectural elements, um, and as you mentioned, the, the human element, of course, as well. And and this might be a hard question, but I I'm I'm curious how how do you find these scenes, and maybe more importantly, how do you, have you learned to see? these these scenes <laughs> um, to visualize them and to kind of see that this is really something that you find intriguing and that might develop into a strong photograph yeah i again I, i'm going to give this as a two-part answer okay I, I think my background helps is that um i'm a math science person okay so i often see things through life through geometry through colour, mm-hmm. through shape and all that there. And I never realised this, I think, till I started going out with the camera on the streets. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, when I'm on the street, I, I see shadow, I see light, um, light I see colour, I see shape and geometry around me. And I suppose when I first got into street photography and walked the street, I never had a concept of what I wanted that or my photography to be. I just knew that I was enjoying being out there taking photographs while walking through the city. And over time, you start to get a better concept and idea of what your style is. I suppose you develop that style um, to get that idea. And so therefore, my vision and observation have developed much more towards that. So I think... The photographs I enjoy most are the photographs of capturing and documenting life, but they're mm-hmm. harder. But while I'm walking around looking for them, I'm seeing the shadows, I'm seeing the shapes, I'm seeing the architecture that's around me and the colour, and I'm photographing them while I'm looking for those unique life moments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this this brings me to a question that I, that I tend to often quite... That, that I tend to ask quite often, um, in particular when I talk to street photographers, and that's the question, it's the metaphor of the hunter versus the fisherman, or, you know, in other words, do you, do you sometimes see a scene that you like, maybe it's the light, maybe the, the shape of the shadow, et cetera, et cetera, and then, and then do you patiently wait there that something interesting happens, or... Do you tend to be more like walking around? You said you're very active and, and you know, and it just happens when it happens, so to say. So that would be I, the hunter, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think I move between both modes, bet- between, okay. you know, the hunter and fisher. But absolutely, if I see a background and shadows and shapes that I really like, then I will go into that fishing mode and 
um, try to develop, visualize what that scene could be, not just mm-hmm. seeing what's in front of me, but visualizing what it could be. And then once I've sort of got that visualization of what I want the image to be or hope to be, um, then it's, you know, that element of luck that I think a street photographer's need as well is hoping that, um, that subject that I need to complete that, sh- that scene, um, passes through. Sometimes mm-hmm. that happens. Sometimes it happens, but other people pass through with them. So you, you don't right. get exactly what you want. Other right. times I revisit locations, yep. you know, three, four times to be mm-hmm. able to capture that. But while I'm sort of in that fishing mode, again, if I see a interesting person, I, I think I really, you know, there's character in that person or character in what they're wearing. But in a location which I think is busy and messy and doesn't, you know, complement the character of what I want to capture there, I will go into hunter mode and follow that person in the hope that they move into a area which I think, you know, works with them better and creates a much aesthetically more pleasing image. Mm-hmm. Of course, the challenge there is you have to be careful where you follow people. If I, yep. you know, pick a woman who I think will be a great character and a great subject to photograph. I don't want her to feel uncomfortable for my image. Right. So I might follow her through yeah. a busy street, but if she turns into a narrow lane, then no image is worth making someone feel uncomfortable and therefore I'll stop. Right. So the hunting mode is, you know, you got to look, uh, I think I got to look at who am I following? What yeah. would be that? Put myself in their shoes. And yeah. how would they feel if they notice? Like I said, if I'm down a very busy city street, they wouldn't ever notice me. But if yep. they isolate themselves into a lane, then absolutely it's not worth it and I stop. So I move between both both yep. um, aspects. Yep. Okay, thank you. And um, so that kind of brings me to a question more specifically, you know, how how is street photography in, in Australia? Um, obviously, you, you've been focusing or you live in Melbourne, so obviously that's, that's the city, you, you know, you know presumably best but um is it are people fairly accepting of street photographers or do you do you run into problems or issues when when you know taking photographs on the street uh for the most part um i don't have too many problems um but it is individuals so i have had people who when after I've taken a photo or raised my camera to take a photo and all that, who have reacted. Um, and you know, I've had a couple of situations where it, it's been a bit unpleasant, but you just apologise and try and move on out of there as quickly as possible. But I, I do think they're the rare cases. I think that um, um, almost you almost have to break it down, I think, to the time of the day of the week and almost the time of day you're photographing. Like if I do it after work, most people are city workers who I might be photographing Mm. at that time. And they're very blinkered. They're walking from A to B. They want to get from work to home or work to the bar, wherever they're going after work. And as long as you don't interrupt their flow, they tend not to take notice or tend not to care what you're doing. On a Mm. weekend, if you're in the city, it tends to be a whole different group of people in there, much more families, much more people casually walking around, and they're the people who more likely might notice you out there taking photos. Again, I think most of them don't care. The majority who do approach you are more interested in what you're doing, and that's a chance to explain street photography. I show them on the back of the camera, offer to send them the photo. I'm an amateur. I'm more than happy to send them the photo. And the, the occasional person thinks that, you know, 
they're misunderstanding the law and what you're doing is illegal. You know, you're not allowed to take my photograph without my permission and try to explain mm-hmm. to them in a public place you can. Um, but some of them don't want to listen. They, they, they determine that they're right. They're not going to listen to whatever argument you put back. So you just need to apologise and move on, you know, disengage in the situation as quickly as possible. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, on a different topic, um, you are photograph- taking photographs in black and white as well as in colour. Um, is this a choice you're making ahead of time or is that just something more post hoc, I guess? <laughs> Yeah, both. I, I don't favour black and white or colour. I, I like both mediums and whichever mm-hmm. one suits that particular scene that I'm shooting is what I'll go for. Um, often when I've settled on a scene, um, especially if you're into that fishing mode and you've got a background that you really like and you're waiting for the person, I've pretty much visualised in my head if this is going to be a black and white or colour image um, mm-hmm. beforehand. Um, on those ones that happen instantaneously, often those ones, I'll, when I review the images later on, I'll probably make the decision more on a review on those instantaneous ones if it's colour or black and white. Um, yeah, so, but I have no favour between either or. Okay. Let's talk a little bit more about your colour work. <laughs> yeah. I often see um, beautiful colour contrasts. Um, you know, you don't. I want to say you don't use a ton of color, if you, if I may say use. <laughs> you know, obviously it's it's what what you're seeing, what you're getting there. But, um, um, but, and sometimes I see you know like maybe almost monochromes as well. Um, so so I guess my question is kind of similar to the previous question: Are you are you seeking those color contrasts more consciously, or is that just something that? may happen with you know with everything else um again you know kind of do that question of you know do you do you kind of see see and pre-visualize those particular images i guess it's a good question um i think as my style as my understanding of my style has developed i think i see them more i think in the early days i was probably photographing those colors without being attracted to them, without maybe necessarily looking for them. But um, I think as I've gone through and developed, I I do look more for colour now, uh, especially contrast of colour. I like the graphic uh, nature that it brings across to the images. I I like primary. I really love the, if I can get the three Mm -hmm. primary colours, I just think it can look so good. Um, And I like to get the shadows with them. I love to crush those shadows, really graphic blacks. Mm-hmm. Um, in, into the images, which really make the colours pop. Um, like yellow is very easy. It's hard to get the highlights of yellow in control. So uh, I always make sure that I'm underexposing heavily to keep the yellows in control if I've got that. And like I said, if the blacks get totally crushed, I'm okay with that as well because mm-hmm. it creates <laughs> that very graphic mm-hmm. cinematic style, which I think that over time I've probably you know, more gravitated towards. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, they're they're the scenes I like. I said when I'm I, when I'm walking around looking for backgrounds, looking for scenes. That's probably where I'm going. But all the time, I, my main focus is to actually find those life moments. Um, mm-hmm. but I, they're a lot harder to find those mm-hmm. unique <laughs> moments. Uh, right, that second right. of time, and do yeah. I notice that is my camera ready? Everything in that second of time, you know. So yeah. they're the ones that I really want to get. 
But right. um, I enjoy all styles. As you said, documenting yep. life or the more artistic images on the street, mm-hmm. I enjoy both. Yep, yep. Yeah, I, I can tell that from your from, from what I've seen from your work, for sure. Yep, yep. That's great. Um, let's talk about Melbourne a little bit. <laughs> so yeah, sure. I haven't I haven't visited. Um, you you described it. I I saw that online uh, as as a fun, vibrant, gritty, moist, postmodern Victorian and diverse city. Um, and and obviously you you a lot of your images show show the city as well. Um, can you just tell me and our listeners a little bit more about the city? Well, Melbourne's a look. It's a vibrant, multicultural city, and it's. You know, I think street photography. The best thing it's done for me is it's got me into my city right through all its lanes and alleys, um, and not just through the you know the main streets that everybody goes. And I think mm-hmm. that in those like four or five years I've been doing street photography, I've really got to love my city so much more. I've almost seen its soul, and I it really excites me. It's. Um, you walk through the city of Melbourne, it's got its old heritage areas with Victorian-style buildings, but you only have to walk two blocks and all of a sudden you're in very modern modern architecture, just so close to each other. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, again, depending on how I'm feeling on the day, I can really just, you know, in a short 10-minute walk, I go from very modern backgrounds and architecture to old-style heritage buildings and then almost the people in that that go with are very multicultural, so we're looking at lots of different um uh, clothing that people wear, different colours, mm-hmm. different faces, different character, lots of um, different – the culture brings lots of different festivals to our city, which is wonderful, and different foods, and I love food as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it's always vibrant. It's always out there. Uh, unfortunately, the last two years with COVID, it's, you know, like a lot of places in the world, it's really had an effect on Melbourne. Yep. We've been one yep. of the most locked-down cities in the world, so a lot of this has – disappeared um, and hopefully it can reinvigorate this year. Um, mm-hmm. Our city centre is um, almost deserted at times. Most people still work from home. I think there's about 70% of people still working from home instead mm-hmm. of the city. So that makes that street photography at the moment very difficult because there's just right. not that many people still yep. out yep. on the streets. Hmm. And do you see it, how is it at the moment? I mean, you said still many 70% work from home but is it is it do you feel like it's changing is it is it opening up again or it's it's very slowly opening back okay. up um okay. over here without trying to get political into it and you know so it's, we need uh our, our governments here are quite cautious with covid mm-hmm. um so we're slowly slowly starting to open back up. Uh, we're one of the most vaccinated populations in the world. Australians are yep. about 93% double vaccinated across Australia. Um, and the boosters, you know, the third dose now is coming through, about 50% boosted. And government's really, like I said, are cautious. We've still got mask mandates. We have to wear masks in the offices and at work at the moment. So mm-hmm. that does discourage people going into work and employers bringing them in. I go to work every day because uh, my work can't be done at home and that's mm-hmm. been a blessing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has enabled me to actually still be able to capture some of um, some street photography in COVID times because we, yep. we, we had many you know, months that we weren't allowed 5K from home but because I had right. a permit to go to work, I could go outside that five kilometres and it gave me a chance to be able to capture some of COVID times. But um, it's it's 
It's been um, different in Melbourne. I think that mm-hmm. most places in the world, from what I can see, are mostly back to normal life. Uh, mm. We're heading there, but we're, we're definitely still behind that. Mm. Okay. Yeah, and we'll talk a little bit more about your work during COVID as well in a little bit. Um, I want to get back to your journey. And um, you you also described yourself as a as a self-taught photographer. And you, you mentioned earlier on, um, you you know, your, your wife is a avid photographer as well. And so, but aside from that, how I'm curious how you actually taught yourself uh, photography and what what resources did you use to teach yourself photography? I think a lot of it was just, I suppose, absorption through watching my wife without realizing that I've been doing it all those years. <laughs> um, and then I was literally just getting out and shooting and okay. learning from my mistakes and, okay. you know, coming back, looking at my images, looking at them critically. Um, what I think worked in them, what didn't work, and then going out and kept working on that. Of course, with my wife, I'd share images of her, and you know, she was never um, always willing to be uh, my biggest critic and mm-hmm. <laughs> put me in my place. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I, it was really just trial and error and go mm-hmm. and shoot. And mm-hmm. like I said, come back, have a look, and had the idea of this is what I wanted to get, and this is what I've done. And I can't, I can't need to play a round of shutter speed more. Like I need to um, experiment more of aperture. I need to experiment more with, you know, focal points um, mm-hmm. and all that there on it. So, and I still think I'm learning. <laughs> I think yep. I've still yep. got a lot to learn by oh, all yeah. means. But mm-hmm. it, I haven't done a course. I haven't done um, any workshops with people on that per se. I literally just go out and shoot and, like I said, develop my vision for my style, for what I want it to be. And then trial and error in in getting there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, when uh, when I was in Bangladesh three years ago, I was thrown into situations and literally I making it up, almost learning on the spot of what I needed to do mm-hmm. to capture ideas that I had, and it was you know, exhilarating. It was stressful all at the same time of trying to. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> Work out, I've got this idea, how do I do it? Sometimes it's successful. The ones I suppose that aren't successful, you haven't seen because I don't don't get posted. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's it's fun in learning to do so. Yeah, I I enjoy that challenge of, um, okay, sometimes it all doesn't work. Sometimes I have these concepts and ideas and I try and shoot them and I'm still going out there trying to work out exactly how to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, but, But that's exciting to me. That yep. keeps keeps it yep. fresh. Keep keep you going out there and challenging, rather than just shooting. You know, I can pick a shadow in the background and get a silhouette anytime you want. Fish in a barrel, and mm-hmm. yeah, I sort of look for more depth and more layers in that now than what I used to at the start. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've been doing this for a while now. Um, yep. How how do you find inspiration? You know, we've been doing this since two thousand sixteen, and you're still, I know sounds like you're still excited about it and you, you still love doing it um but but still curious about that um how how do you find inspiration do you do you maybe sometimes seek inspiration from other art forms from maybe modern art or other things inspiration comes and goes like you know, like mm-hmm. probably almost every street photography you go through periods where you just feel you're not getting 
much out there. And mm-hmm. in the, again, after a while, when you get a, when I, the first year or two when I was doing it and you get some good photos and you, you know, what you like anyway, and you, next time you go out and you spend a few hours walking the streets and you, you don't feel anything's happening and you can get down on yourself pretty quickly or you can get impatient with yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I have um, learned, and I think when you had your discussion with my good friend Annette Lang, she mentioned mm-hmm. this as well that I'd said it to her, but um, I learned to change my mindset and just enjoy being out there and enjoy the walk and enjoy mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. an observer mm-hmm. and let it come to me. And if I got some images, great. And if I didn't, I was still loving being out there, walking, observing, um taking in life, taking in my city. And once I changed that mindset, I, I've ne- I don't have a bad session. I, my inspiration is just to go out and enjoy it and let it come to me. And if I get some images, great. And if I don't, um, that's okay as well. I, I still love being out there. Um, second to that is Melbourne's, it's a big city and street photography is you know, quite popular in Melbourne and there's quite a number of street photographers in Melbourne and we have a group as well called the Australian Street Photographers Association, which I'm part of. And uh, the I don't follow any of the masters in inverted commas and all that there. I don't really own a street photography book. Like I said, I really just develop my own style. But mm-hmm. what I like doing is seeing the work of other Melbourne street photographers. And this mm-hmm. is not to imitate, but mm-hmm. it's exciting when you see an image that you go, You've walked past this scene so many times and all of a sudden this other person shows you this scene in a way that you didn't see it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't want to go copy and then shoot that, but it excites you, right. you know, because it's there. You just realise that, you know, I, I've had scenes where I've maybe walked past them, you know, uh, backgrounds 200 times, plucking a number. And then on the 201st, for some reason you see it differently. Mm-hmm. Maybe the lights come from a slightly different angle than you've noticed before at the time of day you're there. Um, and so I, I just believe there's photos hidden everywhere and I just haven't discovered most of them. And so I'd like to go out there and continue to explore and continue to find them. So my inspiration is I know they're there. It's up to mm-hmm. me to go find them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you think are important elements for creating a strong street photograph so shifting gears a little bit here um, it's a tough question it's a really Mm -hmm. tough question (laughs) um yeah look look, we can go with shadows we can look at lines we can look at colors we look at shapes I, i think again if you're trying to are we trying to create a more artistic street image or are we trying to capture documenting life, you know, I think if you can get an image which you're capturing a unique life moment but it has that aesthetics to it as well, then it's, you know, it, it's magic. And mm-hmm. in, in that rare moment, that's what I'm looking for, an image where you've captured a unique moment of time which you're almost, you know, it's not repeatable. I love the images that mm-hmm. aren't repeatable. A lot of those backgrounds that I shoot with the shadows and silhouettes, you can go and shoot that again and again. It's the unrepeatable moments where you can get mm-hmm. the aesthetics with it as well, strong lines, strong colours, strong shadows um, that I love the best. And I think they're the ones, you know, if you can, if the person who looks at your images almost has to stop and pause mm-hmm. and think for a while, mm-hmm. they're the best images. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, good answer. <laughs> Sorry for the tough question. <laughs> no, no, by all means, I don't have to think about it. I like um, yeah. one of the things I like of images is I know when I go out there and shoot, you know, you, I've got this concept and visualization in mind of what I'm shooting, what I'm trying to capture, the story. And so I'm the author of those stories. And I like of street photography that I think we're the author. I think we've got a lot of photojournalism like I've done with in when I've some travels through Bangladesh, India, Vietnam, and some of the images I've captured in those places. I think I'm more the narrator because the story is in front of me and it's like this chaos. And what I sort of, for me, what works best I've learned is I almost have to come up with ideas, themes. Like in Bangladesh in days, I come up with themes like uh, invisible uh, or women or whatever. And it sounds a simple theme and then within the chaos I start looking for images that meets that theme and that helps me shoot in those chaotic areas where there's so much around like there's just so the stories in front of us where with street photography we have to go find that story we have to construct it in our head visualize it and then photograph to that and that's why exciting but then once we've captured the image and once we share that image we then transfer the ownership almost of that story to the person who views it because they become the narrator and they mm-hmm. see different stories in their image. And, you know, right. like on Instagram, you often get, again, people who start giving back stories of your images and they're different to what I had visualized for. And I love that. It excites me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's go back and talk a little bit more about your creative process. Um, in particular, in street photography, you talked a little bit about your process while you're taking the images. We talked a little bit about, you know, pre-visualization and things like this. Um, I'm actually curious about the post-capture process as well. So how do you go about, you know, after you went out one day and, and you know, you, you have a presumably a series of images on, on your camera, how, how do you go about selecting, editing, deleting, <laughs> and yeah, processing the- your images? Yeah, sure. So when I come back, I'll, yeah, sometimes I'll, I won't get back to those images for a few days to be able to um, edit them. Sometimes that night, often it's a few days, and that break can sometimes be good because I can mm-hmm. start removing some of the perceived biases that I might have. You know, some images that you take at the time, you, you think, oh, I've got something here. And when you look at it later, you think, ah, oh, it's not as, not as good as I thought it was at that time, <laughs> and others are the opposite mm-hmm. to that. Um, I'm, I'm looking for images, again, uh, uh, the subject in the image needs to connect to the background, I think, in some way. There's a reason why I've pressed that button. So, you know, again, especially if I'm looking at those artistic images. So if like, I can just get a person uh, a person walking past the wall, an interesting wall, go, but what, what's the connection? And so, like, I've got one where I've got, like, all these, you know, the primary colours I've got triangles yellows reds and blues triangles all there three of them there the three colors three triangles so we're starting to get a lot of you know aesthetics going through the image and then i've got silhouettes of people going through in this image with hats with straws and all that there but the one i selected is the leg forms a triangle so it's given me another triangle and it's connecting it to the image they're the type of things that i'm you know at the time you're not necessarily noticing because i'm not reviewing images in the back of the camera all the time but when I'm coming back, I'm looking to see if I've got anything that connects those more into the background, again, into those artistic images. 
Um, editing, I think, was the other one you asked. And again, yep. it comes, I go back to that, is it a documenting life or is it an artistic image? If it's a mm-hmm. documenting life, I try to do very minimal editing to mm-hmm. it. You know, I shoot in raw, so you need to always add some contrast to raw, um, maybe a touch of vibrance, maybe a little bit of sharpening, but that's, you know, two minutes, save, done. Mm-hmm. The artistic ones, I probably do a little bit more editing, but again, I, I won't change what's not there. So I'm not going to mm-hmm. be compositing scenes i'm not going to be adding what was not in that image when i took it i'm not going to be rem- cloning something out and all that there it's probably I'm just i'm prepared to move those sliders more give it more vibrance or give it you know move the blacks to make it even those blacks deeper or mm-hmm. a bit of sharpening cropping in and things like that so but the essential element of what i've captured has to be in camera mm-hmm. okay no great great um let's talk about the project Melbourne's Corona story um, and it might be easiest <laughs> if I let you explain this audiovisual project and um, we, we will be linking um, um, the project in the show notes and uh, which you know this project just for our listeners it is, does contain a lot of Adrian street photography as well so so I'll definitely recommend to check that out I I, I saw it and I I, I was actually quite impressed. I thought it was really cool. But anyway, so if you could tell tell me a little bit about about that that project, that would be great. Sure. Uh, so uh, there's a annual photographic festival here in Victoria, and it's called the Bright Festival of Photography. And Bright is a um, regional town in Victoria. And the last two years, it, it's like a lot of. Um, conferences or seminars and festivals if this has gone online and so i'm usually the organizer of this festival the last two years they've um had me involved as being uh, one of the presenters for it and me being around street photography so last year when he um matt is his name gave me a call and said we'd love you to be involved in the 2021 festival again um can you do a presentation for us on COVID, but a street photographer look at COVID in Melbourne because we think that would work really well. And I come back to him and I thought about it and I said, look, I don't think I can do an hour presentation on street photography and COVID because I just don't have that many images to fill out an hour and to talk about it. But what I think I could do is come up with an audio visual show, which will go for about five minutes on this. And he said, oh, that, was, that sounds good. I said, look, I've never done an AV before. understand that. So... I'm just going to have to see what we come up with. So I literally then have to sit at home. A friend of mine who's done AVs, he he was great in his guidance and for me on this. And literally, because we're in lockdown and we couldn't go out and shoot much, this become my project over um, the during the lockdowns. And I had great fun putting it together, going through my images. And some of the images I've used in this were taken pre-COVID but Mm -hmm. they fit perfectly into the COVID story. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I was able to bring Mm -hmm. them in. Mm -hmm. And so I started coming through and I really got into this, um, into creating this AV and started putting much more time into it than what I anticipated. And it was received amazingly well. And it's then gone on and I've won a national, a silver medal of the national competition for this AV. And it's Mm. now... Um, next week, March 1, it's um, at, in my local city where I live in Maidstone in the western suburbs of Melbourne. It's going to be projected every night on the building for two months. Hmm. Wow. So um, 
just through a simple idea that was, you know, a concept put to me, it's I just run with it and develop and I've had a lot of yeah. fun. And I often don't shoot series. I just go out and shoot mm-hmm. for what I see. I keep an open mind. I don't have anything preconceived in, in mind. And this was interesting because once you had the idea, I started going out with my camera and specifically go, I need this type of shot for my AV or I need this type of shot because I got these ideas for the AV and I've got like this three images in a sequence, but I need the fourth image. So I'd go out and see if I could capture those images. And I'd never done that before. So that was interesting to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I was successful and I was able to get those images and sometimes I wasn't and it was frustrating, but that's that's how it goes. But it was fun. It was something different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, wonderful. Yeah, no, and, and it's, a, it's a great example, right, how... I think of the importance of projects. Um, I, I've I've talked about this uh, on the podcast with with other with other interviewees as well, and um, I think I think projects are, are a great thing to do as photographers and um, or artists, I'd say. And the other is what you just mentioned. You know, the the working in series, something I personally uh, enjoy doing as well. So I mean, it, you could combine the two of course and have a have a project on something mm. like that but um anyway I, I find that i find that very inspirational and so so yeah thanks for for sharing for sharing no that, problem. Uh, and, and it's something us. that maybe i'll start looking at forward of coming up with a an idea for a project in the series and starting to do that as a maybe another step in my development as a photographer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah oh, that's wonderful so so before we wrap up, I have three more questions for you. Um, one is a, hopefully an easy one. Um, <laughs> it's uh, what focal length do you typically use for your work or focal lengths? So Sure, yeah. I sort of a bit different. I tend not to use primes. I've got a 24 to 70, which is what I okay. use mostly Okay. out on the street. And I um, also have a wide angle, uh, 16 to 35, and especially when I'm doing reflection shots i really like to okay. use the wide angle really like okay. how it converges in um but mostly a 24 to 70 okay okay oh that's cool yeah wonderful and um so my my second last question is about advice so what advice would you give aspiring or n- new street photographers new to the shore just getting into street photography when they start out it's probably sort of what we're talking about. Get a good pair of shoes because you're going to have to walk. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. You know? And, you know, I, I've had the sore feet and the blisters. Yeah. <laughs> so a good pair of shoes. I think the advice is just go out and enjoy it and shoot. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. within that, you'll start to, as I've mentioned, develop an idea of what you want your street photography to be and what you want your style to be. And then, of course, that will continue to develop over time. But it's really just a... Go out, shoot, look what you're getting. Start to visualize again what that style is and mm-hmm. um, enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it because I think that's what we're all doing it for. I, I'm, I'm amateur. I'm not paid you know, for this and I'm not looking at that. But yep. therefore, as an amateur, I need to enjoy it. This is a hobby. Right. And yep. so remove the stress of having to get yep. these images or thinking that and just out there, enjoy it, interact, observe life, walk, um, and yeah, like I said along the way, meet people. I, I, I stop, I chat to people, I just meet on the mm-hmm. street randomly. Um, I photographed this guy a couple of years ago and just, I saw him in the street. He's carrying this giant paper mache carrot. <laughs> Why is a guy carrying a giant paper mache <laughs> carrot? So initially, I yeah, 
hunted him for a bit. I followed him and he got to a, a, a good background and I captured him. Then after I captured him, I approached him and I asked him the story about why uh, why were you carrying a carrot and all that. And we ended up going to a cafe. I bought him a coffee. We sat down for an hour. We had a good chat about you know, a bit of his life story and all that. There, and it was wonderful. So street photography can really help connect to people as well. So mm-hmm. just go out and keep an open mind, develop your style and enjoy the process. Yep, yep. Oh, great. I love that answer. Yeah, and, and it's a great way to get steps in as well, right? <laughs> exactly. Yep. Get your steps. As I said, you can't, I don't have a bad, I never have a bad session out on the street right. um, because I don't judge it by the quality yep. of the images I get anymore. I just judge it by being out there and enjoying Yep. walking and enjoying being at life, not just sitting at home on my couch. Yep. <laughs> Great. Um, so lastly, um, where can people best find you online? Yeah, it's um, probably best is Instagram, okay. um, which is where I put most of my work, albeit I'm sort of in an Instagram break at the moment. Um, once okay. summer's over here, um, I'll probably start re-engaging of Instagram again, but with the okay. beautiful days and long weather, I've been locked down so much. I just okay. want to be outside and enjoying it, whether it's photographing, cycling, time with my family. But um, my Instagram handle is adtamo, being A-D-T-A-M, the letter O, O for okay. orange. Um, so that's that, that's probably the easiest place to find my work. I'm on Facebook as well, but I tend to you know, use Facebook for, I put some images up there, but it's more just, you know, random things I'm doing in my life and out there. So it's probably um, Instagram is the place to follow my um, street photography work. Okay, wonderful. Well, Adrian, thanks so much for speaking with me today. No, thank you so much for the opportunity, Daniel. It's been great to chat. All right, this wraps up our episode with Adrian Ware. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was great to learn about his process of street photography i definitely recommend you check out his work i think it's really really great and he captures um different aspects of street photography really well Um, i think he has a very artistic side but also a more of a documentary side which i think is cool to see and you know in the same in the same portfolio so so yeah definitely check him out Um, Thanks again to Zencaster for sponsoring this episode. I really appreciate it. And um, thanks to you all for listening and talk to you next time. Mm